Just welcome to another uh, episode of the Adelaide Entrepreneur Club podcast. And today we have uh, Nathaniel Peake. Uh, we met Nathaniel on day uh, 209 of our journey of meeting someone every day. Um, and uh, Daniel sparked an interest of us about uh, bringing him back to share his story because he's uh, got a, a medical technical business that he's uh, working on and starting up and uh, found it very interesting, his background and what he's doing with regards to his uh, med tech business. So we thought we'd have Daniel come and share. So first of all, welcome uh, Nathaniel. Oh, Daniel. Sorry, Nathaniel. <laughs> I messed it up already. <laughs> no worries. So, uh, did you want to keep going? <laughs> no, that's all right. It's always good yeah, to absolutely. have funny bits. Uh, no. Yeah, absolutely. No, but, um, uh, that reminds me, um, quite often people used to call me Sam all the time. Really? Uh, and it, yeah, it wasn't actually until I actually realised that uh, um, I quite possibly um, introduced myself in uh, a loud environment, maybe a nightclub or a pub, and possibly Nathaniel, but please called me Nat. So they knew that it was a shortened word, but they, they probably thought it was Samuel and they shortened it to Sam. So I used to get it all the time. I used to get, hey, Sam, how's it going? So anyway, <laughs> and another funny story. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but there you go. So, um, Welcome, yeah, absolutely. Sam. Very much appreciated having you. <laughs> It's a pleasure having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, look, uh, uh, glad to be on the show. Um, it was a great uh, initial chat that we had uh, a while back. Um, and uh, yeah, so look, uh, look, I'm originally from Adelaide, uh, born and raised here, um, and uh, went to Blackfriars, the high school um, that I went to. Um, studied basically to get into industrial design, had a, a massive passion for, uh, for designing things, especially uh, moving towards, like, I guess, like an automotive um, design industry uh, career. Um, but funny enough, I got into the course and about six months in, I realised that this wasn't for me. Um, and, uh, and I deferred. Um, and I, I think it was uh, probably very disappointing for my parents, actually, when I, when I did do that because I knew that I was focused on getting into it. Um, uh, and my dad said, well, what are, you, what are you going to do, you know? Uh, and it just so happens that uh, I had a sister living in London at the time and uh, I was chatting to her. She said, look, perfect time to come over. Why don't you come over for a couple of years? So, uh, so yeah, so I spent six months saving up uh, and uh, got myself over to London and uh, ended up spending quite a bit of time there. Uh, and during that time, I think I realised what I really wanted to do. And uh, uh, by the time I came home... Um, I, uh, I, I unfortunately missed out on uni offers uh, just in the time period that I got back from London, but uh, uh, ended up uh, actually out at Hamilton College doing a new media course. So this is working in web development, uh, animation as well, photography, uh, audio production. It was a really an amazing sort of, uh, I guess, uh, intro into that side of things. And at that stage, because we're talking late nineties here, right? Okay. Um, that that was uh, it was called new media. It wasn't even called really multimedia yet or anything like that. It was just called new media. Um, it just so happened that uh, I pretty much knew just as much or more than the instructors uh, at Hamilton, uh, but I completed uh, the year uh, and, uh, and uh, ended up getting actually quite a bit of work in the, um, in the web world. Um, right before the dot-com crash, actually. Right, okay. Uh, so, so, yes. 
Um, but I managed to get my foot in the door in a few places there and, um, yeah, really did uh, quite well uh, developing, uh, especially developing content management systems back then um, as well, which was, which was always interesting. Um, before, again, they were called content management systems. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic sort of introduction into, I guess, uh, the online world. Uh, and I built my skills uh, from, from there. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, I like the, uh, the, uh, the trip to the UK, like um, just to go <laughs> away and something about us Australians just having that urge to go to the UK, isn't there? Like it's, uh... Yeah, I think, I think for me it was like, you know, look, I'd, I'd been in Adelaide for a long time. I had that opportunity. Let's go see something else and, and you know, sort of spread my wings a little bit. So, yeah, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so maybe now tell us a bit about so how you went from there to to what you're doing today. How you went from that into the like that into the medical technical field, which seems to be yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, actually, it, uh, it was a, a few years after this actually happened. Uh, um, I, I met my now wife actually, uh, and. Uh, uh, I ended up following her up to uh, Kings Canyon. Uh, she's an environmental scientist and she was uh, moving up there to uh, work in the park in uh, Wataka National Park. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I followed her up uh, after a few months of her being away. Um, and uh, I soon, I mean, I was, I was working at the resort and doing things at the resort, but always sort of obviously thinking in the back of my head of how I can sort of obviously um, uh, use my skills in a, in a better way and, and, and so on. And um, it wasn't until I actually met a, 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 a guy uh, in one of the communities that actually showed me uh, what they were doing. And uh, there's obviously there's a big issue around uh, using uh, Aboriginal people on camera. Uh, just for cultural purposes. Um, so the idea was to develop uh, a 3D avatar that we could then patch language into. So this was basically to allow um, uh, NT uh, Health Department to get valid information to the communities in language, uh, which was a big problem uh, and, until we sort of uh, developed the software. The software itself is called Marvin. Um, it ended up being uh, getting funded by uh, the NT Health Department, um, to which that's actually when I moved up to Darwin. Um, and uh, basically, it was my job to continue to develop the software and also to roll it out. So uh, myself and a colleague, Jason, we would fly out to the communities, uh, take a script that the NT Health Department wanted us to develop in, on, in, within the community, utilise community members to actually do the translation um, and to do the recording and then patch it into the character and build a resource so that they would have it, okay? So it's a really simple idea, but it made such a huge difference uh, in the way that people were getting their information. Um, it just so happens that it, it got noticed uh, by uh, um, uh, Microsoft Partners in Learning, so the educational side of Microsoft. Um, and it wasn't too long after that uh, that we ended up with a $6 million partnership uh, with Microsoft Partners in Learning. So that's entailed us um, pushing the software out to um, a load of underserved, uh, underserved um, 
uh, communities around the world um, where language was a problem um, and, uh, and education was a problem. And so, yeah, so my journey sort of started there, I guess, in that health side of things, like understanding what people want, uh, understanding the information that we need to obviously make the best decisions going forward. And, you know, looking back on it now, that really was my start in sort of like the med tech world, really. Um, and, uh, and we're talking, we are talking uh, 18 years ago. Right. Uh, now that uh, that sort of all started, so so it's been, I guess, a, a long journey. But uh, but here we are. So uh, the interesting thing there is, Nathaniel, is I, I find these things fascinating. Is that it all started because of uh, the relationship with your wife, and you followed her. <laughs> you know, like could yes. you imagine if that didn't happen, where you'd be today, even? Uh, absolutely, I, I think about those sorts of things all the time, and just the experiences uh, to um, you know. I, it's funny, my kids uh, just recently, uh, one of my, I think it was my son, asked me what has been my favourite part of my life so far, which is actually a really interesting question from, a, from an eight-year-old. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because uh, straight away I thought of that time at Wataka National Park because wow. we were living in the desert. I spent two and a half years there. My wife spent three years there. Um, but it allowed us to live extremely simply you know, have the basics, we're covered for everything, but it was just very, very basic living. Uh, we're in this amazing environment uh, where we woke up each day with an amazing view of the escarpment of, uh, of where the, the, the canyon is. Um, in a community in the um, ranger station, I think there was maybe eight to ten people at the ranger station. Wow. Um, so, but what living in that sort of environment allows you to think freely as well. You don't, if you don't have any financial problems, there's food on the table, yeah. uh, so on and so forth, you've got shelter. Um, it's amazing how that opens your mind up and allows you to think, you know. So, I, like I said to my son, you know, I, I really feel that that's, that was my favourite. So far, that's been my favourite time because it, it, it allowed me to do that. And I, I'm pretty sure that he actually asked my wife, the same sort of question and I think she said the same thing <laughs> I believe anyway so um so so yeah but um yeah that that really was uh the, the, the I think a defining moment like you said you know without that happening I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing today for sure yeah all those uh when you look back all the dots in your life that caused you to be where you are that when they're occurring to you, you have no idea, but then you look back and you go, wow, look at look what yes. happened there. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, if I wasn't in that community when I met uh, um, uh, the guy that was starting Marvin up, yeah. um, that wouldn't have happened either, you know. So there's all these little crossovers yep. um, that, uh, you know, make up in life, isn't it? So, um, absolutely. so absolutely. So, so I ended up uh, working a lot through Southeast Asia. Um, I think I've also covered... I'd love to do it. I often say to people, I think I've been to about 80 to 90% of communities uh, in Australia, Aboriginal communities in Australia, wow. uh, rolling out the software, teaching the software in the schools um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and again, great times, you know. Uh, I absolutely, I, I love going to communities. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing you know, opportunity to do it as well. Like there's a lot of communities out there that are very hard to get to. Um, but uh, uh, we actually 
we actually had a aircraft that we could get around and which was which was fantastic so so yeah but um, uh, all the way through uh, Malaysia uh, Borneo uh, Singapore uh, you name it through Southeast Asia I've pretty much been to it uh, you know doing um, uh, the rollout of Marvin so so yeah but it wasn't wasn't too long into that that um, uh, I, I guess I started doing other work uh, as a, I guess, a, a consultant for Microsoft as well. And that really allowed me to obviously push forward into what I'm doing now as well. So um, looking at sort of education, but on a different front, it's, it's, a, it's about educating uh, people about their bodies and, and, and how they're unique as well. Um, so that really took me to where I guess we are today with biomorphic. Um, um, and, you know, Biomorphic itself is a behavioural change company. It's all about um, getting information to people that's valid and that allows people to make great decisions going forward. Um, so one thing that, uh, that myself and uh, my business partners, uh, James and Alex, uh, noticed that within the medical industry, within the health industry, you, you get small chunks of data Okay, and very rarely do you actually get questions on that data, like how can I make this better and so on and so forth. Um, and that's where we step in. Um, and uh, that's what we've been doing for the last uh, just over 12 months now. Wow. Yeah, and, and when we spoke, you spoke about the, um, the 3D imaging that you're doing there in, like in the Adelaide City, the, the yep. service that you have. You yes, yeah. A bit about how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's a it's a three D scanner that we use uh, to do body composition analysis. Um, so um, the system uh, takes about 35, 40 seconds uh, to to scan, um, and uh, during that time, it takes a huge amount of data points uh, on the body. Uh, it then reference references um, DEXA analysis scans from the Mayo Clinic in the states that then builds a, a, a better picture of your body composition. So we're talking about your fat percentages, your muscle um, mass, your bone mass, um, your circumferences, your volumes, your surface areas, and it puts that all together and allows us to uh, generate a, a huge amount of data on, on yourself. Um, we can then utilise that data uh, to do uh, weight loss or weight gain, of course, yep. um, and uh, one of the big areas is uh, in risk analysis. So it allows us to work out what your risk of certain diseases are based on your body body type and body composition. Okay, so I guess for the first time, it's, what, what it's done is instead of health being a statistic, it's made it personal. So rather than saying, you know, uh, a male over 40, Caucasian, your likelihood of getting uh, certain cancers is this much, is this percentage. Um, rather than that, we're saying this is percentage. This is yours. Right. Okay. So yeah. what we see there is uh, people willing to act, to make a change, to, to change their lifestyles um, and to uh, make a difference yeah. uh, going forward. So that... That is, I guess, the, the gist of what we are doing. Uh, we soon realised that um, we could do a lot more, though, and uh, we've been uh, uh, building and developing a, a new part to our platform, uh, which is an app-based uh, platform. Uh, it's actually a D app, so it's a decentralised app, 
um, it runs on blockchain. Okay. Um, one of the reasons why we wanted it to run blockchain was that uh, we, well, other than the obvious security side and so on and so forth, um, that we want you to be in control of your own health data. Okay, and that was a big thing. And uh, you might remember when um, uh, the electronic health records were being rolled out that uh, you were given an option to participate or not. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people didn't because they were worried about their data and how it was going to be used and so on. So this is one way to sort of obviously counteract that. Um, but we also believe that your data is worth something as well so uh you know r d companies yep. private health companies governments you know they want to know more and more about their population we feel that uh, you should be able to leverage that sort of data uh financially as well so um yeah absolutely so um uh, some sort of incentive uh you know to actually keep your health uh record going so that that's that's a, a big thing as well that's a great idea um, Absolutely. Like everyone's yeah, sharing, like, yeah, sharing the profit of, of that data that will go to benefit anyone anyway, but normally just gets taken without anyone knowing about it or could be. Well, that, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's funny, I was in conversations yesterday uh, with another uh, Adelaide uh, firm uh, in regard to the uh, private health system as well. Obviously, these sorts of systems that we're building now are perfect for the private health system because... It allows uh, private health companies to analyze and work out premiums based on how fit you are. Right. Uh, interestingly, though, in Australia, with the discrimination law, that can't be done yet. But oh, okay. um, overseas, it's, it's, it's already started. Uh, some, some countries are well ahead, actually. Um, and a lot of the um, private health companies, you know, uh, we've spoken to a couple already, uh, you know, they're kicking and screaming about not being able to attract millennials uh, to, to private health. Right. Uh, they don't see the value in it. This sort of system has that initiative and uh, allows people to obviously, right. you know, sort of, uh, I guess, gain, I, hate the, I hate the term, but gamify it yeah, and yeah. utilise their information to get a better deal and get more out of uh, their health going forward and their health uh, um, insurer going forward. So there's all these other avenues that we're starting to move into. But uh, I, I guess just going back to uh, the blockchain idea, with your data, you can share that data to anyone, okay? So uh, just like with the blockchain, um, cryptocurrency blockchain, uh, we can use smart contracts to push information across to people that you want it to go to. And we can make it sort of 15 minutes if you want or a lifetime. It doesn't matter. It's up to you as to how long that person got information. So you can see how this sort of merges in with telehealth as well. So uh, a couple of the GPs that we've spoken to already about what we're doing um, uh, have basically said, look, this is, a, this is a huge amount of data that I'm starting to see for the first time. And what a wonderful you know, thing to be able to see, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, moving forward, uh, we're starting to bring in data sets from all over the place. Um, initially, in phase one, uh, we're bringing in wearable data. Uh, so, data from your Fitbit or Garmin or um, Apple Watch. Um, obviously, the body composition data that we talked about previously. Um, we've just uh, um, organised a, tr a strategic partnership with another Australian company called uh, Trajan Scientific and Medical, uh, who will be doing pathology for us. So we start to bring in blood work. 
to analyze over time. Um, and uh, that also um, uh, working on nutrition blood work as well, so specific to uh, your nutrition intake and so on, so adjusting that. Um, and uh, we're also uh, in talks at the moment with doing DNA sequencing and microbiome wow. as well. So this system, what it will do when these uh, data sets come in, they'll be uh, machine learning will analyze them separately and then together. So we see this as a really interesting opportunity because what we've seen in the past is that people are doing some really great work in those areas like Trajan and, and so on, um, but they do that really well but they're not really sort of like connecting with other forms of data. So this allowed us to obviously build this uh, uh, dashboard uh, system to, to basically do this. So oh. rather than having data here, there and everywhere, yep. we're bringing it all into one system. Right. So how, um, so, and, and yeah, sorry. So for someone say listening to this, how, how does someone, how does it, um, like a person listening to this as an example, take advantage of what you're doing at the moment to, to help them with their health. Is there anything at the, like, how does that work? Yeah, so we do have the, the walk-in uh, body composition scanning uh, in Adelaide. Uh, we are in Gawler Place. Um, and uh, it, it, we've used that business as a proof of concept, really. So taking what we're, what we're developing and, and uh, making a business out of it. Right. Uh, that side of the business is called Future Health Fitness. Um, you can book online and come in. A scan is $50 and it includes a consult. Uh, the whole process takes around 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and uh, from that, we can sit down and work out your goals uh, going forward, whether you need to lose weight or lose some um, uh, waist circumference or whatever it might be, um, and, and work out a better plan for you going forward. Um, and I guess, yeah, go on. And the thing you mentioned is, with a 3D image, what you can actually do then is come back in at some point, get the image done again and see exactly how your body shape's changed. Absolutely. Quite, quite it's, incredible. It is, a, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's great to have people come back um, and do that comparison from maybe a month or even three months yeah. uh, uh, prior um, and really see what's, what's happening to their body. Um, a lot of people come to us at the start of their health journey um, so we we will do a baseline obviously people come back like I said maybe a month or two or three months after um, and quite often people come in very nervous because what they've seen is that you know they'll use their scales at home you know obviously you know to see if, if things are working but what happens is they lose weight really quickly uh, then it plateaus and then they start gaining weight and if you just use scales in your home Mentally, when you start gaining weight, you will start to go, what am I doing? You know, this is crazy. I'm, I'm meant to be losing weight, uh, not gaining it. What our system does is we'll actually show you that you've continued to lose fat mass over that whole period. Right, okay. um, but, what, but your lean mass is going up. So we can decipher that for you. Um, there, there have been cases where um, people have come in almost in tears because they realise that they've only lost like 800 grams, you know, just using their scales at home. But we soon realise that, yes, they've, they might have only lost 800 grams, but uh, they've lost a, a quite a lot of fat and they're starting to put on muscle. Cool. Um, so that, that, that is a great thing, you know. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, great. 
great story about what you're doing and you can look at it and go, there's just so much that can be done in the future. Like the, like this, the health arena is just going to change for sure. So. Um, Absolutely. With, with 5G starting to sort of come out, um, that's really going to be a game changer going forward. Um, uh, sort of you know, looking at like IoT or Internet of Things, smart fridges, smart toilets, smart mirrors, smart everything. Uh, the way that all integrates together is, is going to be really important going forward. Um, uh, a lot of the problems that uh, the, the health um, uh, sector has is with interoperability, which is like the connection of information together and working together. Um, and uh, we, we are trying to fix that. That's, that's one of the areas that we are uh, trying to fix where information talks to each other, uh, it gets analysed, and, and uh, the information that you need is given to you. Fantastic. Look, we um really be interest, very interested to see how the journey evolves for you over the, over the course of time and revisit in a couple of years and have a discussion again and just <laughs> look how it's all gone. But uh, uh, look, you know, Thanks so much for sharing, Nathaniel. Like, um, just no before worries. we finish, so is there anything um, that you would like to share on any subject, anything that's uh, important to you or um, anything you, th you think people listening would be would be good for them to hear? Uh, well, seeing that it's the Entrepreneur Network, um, just to anyone out there with an idea, um, if you're passionate about it, if you think it's going to solve something, um, go for it. Yeah. You know, um, it's, I, I would, I would, have, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's never easy. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're passionate about it, it, it will, it will work. And I think that's, that's a really good thing. Um, and especially it's, it would be interesting to see what comes out of uh, COVID as well, because you see a lot of people have had a bit more, maybe a bit more time up their sleeves. They've had their kidding Getting... moment. Exactly. I was just going to say, having that moment in time where you might be a little bit free to think of these ideas. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be really interesting to see what happens over yeah. the next 12 months, especially in Adelaide as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just yeah. um, in the middle of reading a book by Scott Adams, the guy that does the Dilbert cartoons of all yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, his title of his book is How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. It's <laughs> very interesting, funny read. Um, Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nathaniel. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries. And if anyone wants to reach out, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. And if you do want to get a body scan done, uh, yeah, uh, futurehealth.fitness. Um, find that online. And, uh, and yeah, uh, book in and uh, we'll hope to see you soon. Cool. That would be awesome. Thanks. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathaniel. Thanks, mate. Bye. Cheers.